This week's Parsha is Parsha Shoftim. The Torah in Perak Tazayan Pazagites admonishes judges not to show favoritism, not to uh, corrupt justice in any way or take any bribes. Ki hashochad ya'aver because the Torah tells us bribes will blind the eyes of the chacham and it will pervert the words of the um, tzaddik. So a bribe will inevitably alter a judge's ability to be objective. No one is above, the Torah tells us, being affected by a bribe. And Rashi even elaborates on this pasuk to further explain each detail. Lo sakir panim, he shouldn't show favorites. Af b'shas even while they're making their cases, he shouldn't show any favoritism to one side. Azhara ledin, shleyehei rach lazeh, It's a warning to the judge that he shouldn't be sort of soft-spoken with one party and harsh with the other. Echad omed v'echad yoshev, or let one stand while the other sits. Everything has to be equal. Right, because Rashi says, because when the other side sees that the judge is honoring his friend, he's not even going to bother to really bring out the truth. So that's why it's going to be blinding, because the truth won't really come out. He can't take a bribe even to judge in a righteous way, to judge correctly. Rashi says it blinds Misha. That when a person accepts a bribe, it's impossible that his heart wouldn't be a little bit drawn in a, in a, to, in a positive light to view that person. And the Gemara in Ksuvis brings, brings this down on Kofayam and Bez. It, it explains that not only are monetary bribes usur, but even verbal bribes, compliments, those are prohibited as well. Flattery, uh, saying something nice to another person, other similar measures will also inevitably affect a person's judgment and would even have the power to negate a valid judge. Right? And, then the, and then the Gemara lists a number of examples that are included in this second category of bribery. It tells us about Shmuel, the great Amora. Shmuel was having difficulty uh, getting across like a rickety bridge until a stranger helped him get across. And Shmuel ultimately heard that this same guy who is in town to have his case heard in Shmuel's Beisdin, and Shmuel decided to remove himself from the case because he had received a favor from him. How could he judge in that case? And similarly, Amemar, he's sitting in court, and a feather flew on top of his head. He doesn't notice it, whatever. And the Gemara says that someone walked over and removed it. And when he told Amemar that he was there to have his case judged, Amemar also disqualified himself from hearing that case. Right. So we, we take this so seriously. We have this Pasuk, Right? It, 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 you can't take a, can't take a bribe. It, it blinds the eyes of Chachamim. And we go to the nth degree to enforce this. And there are other instances all along the same lines brought down in the Gemara. And each time this great Rav, this great scholar disqualifies himself from hearing a case due to the slightest favors that were done for them because they knew who the litigants were. So this is a beautiful idea. We protect this halacha so much, but we have to wonder, what are we supposed to take out of these stories? Are we really meant to believe that these unbelievable Talmidei Chachamim were so capricious or easily swayed that even the slightest, the smallest thing could affect them and it could, it could change their judgment? It, would, it, would, it could change the outcome of a Din Torah? What, what is the significance of these incidents that the Gemara is saying? What are we meant to learn from this? So Rav Pam, the Rosh Yeshiva of Torah Vadas, explains that the lesson of the Gemara is not so much about judicial integrity as it is 
about the concept of Hakar Satov. It's about gratitude. We see how indebted each of these giants of men felt to someone who did them the smallest of favors. As irrelevant or how small it may have been, if it was super easy, it doesn't matter. We might not operate on that level of awareness. We may not even register some acts as deserving of recognition and appreciation, but highly sensitive and in-tune people, they recognize that everything other people do for them is something valuable. They see every act done on their behalf and ultimately will consider these acts of chesed to be favors and worthy of their recognition and even their hakaras hatov. And if that's the case, how could they rule in their court case? Rav Pam is telling us that the Musr of the Gemara and the Yisod behind judges not taking bribes isn't necessarily about a lack of judicial integrity, but more about hakaras hatov, the awareness that these tzaddikim had of those around them and everything that people did for them. When you see such strong awareness, of course, you will properly value everything that's done for you, regardless of how significant or insignificant it is, and even by strangers. And we see this exact idea in a slightly different iteration in the opening Pasuk of the Parsha. Parsha Shoftim begins with a command to appoint judges in all of the cities of Israel. Shoftim v'shotrim titen l'cha b'chol sh'arecha. Appoint judges and officers in all of the settlements asher Hashem elokecha nosein l'cha l'shvatecha that Hashem has given you for each shevet v'shavtu as a'am mishpat tzedek. And they will govern the people with, with, with justice, with righteousness. But a closer reading of the Pasuk shows that the Torah uses a pretty strange word for where these judges are supposed to be appointed. Instead of telling us to appoint them in our cities, it uses the word she'arecha, your gates. This is very strange. It's not like the Torah is teaching us to appoint judges and officers to serve as a border patrol. So we translate the Pasuk to mean the gates of the cities. But that's just to make more sense. But why use the word gates in the first place, Sharecha? What's the Torah trying to teach us? So the Shla in his Sefer Shnei Luchos Habris explains that the word Sharecha is a reference to the personal gates of the human body. Our eyes, our nose, our ears, our mouth, what we see, what we hear, what we say, all of our senses. And those bodily gates of entry, they need officers and judges who are constantly on guard to uh, monitor what's going on, what's going in, and what's coming out. And perhaps the Torah is telling us that our judges and our leaders are not only responsible to the people while they're in their court of justice, but they're responsible even in their sha'arecha, in how they conduct themselves on a daily basis, in and outside of the court. When someone does something for them, a favor or a chesed, it should impact them. They are held to that higher standard and are immediately filled with a sense of gratitude. This is enough to push them off the case, to view it as a form of a bribe, not because they no longer trust themselves, but because of their heightened sense of akar satov. Most of us do not have a courtroom, but all of us play the role of judge in our own lives. We go from interaction to interaction making judgments. We must read these psukim as if they are speaking directly to us and take all that we can we have the ability to have a tremendous impact in every interaction, at every one of our she'arecha. Hopefully we can accept this great responsibility of having a heightened sense of akar for everything people do for us, regardless of how big or small it may be, and of recognizing that just as judges must conduct themselves b'chol she'arecha, so too must we hold ourselves to that higher standard and be vigilant in every interaction with those around us. 
Emir Tzashem, as we enter the month of Elul, we can put these ideas into practice as we prepare to present ourselves to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, this Yomim Norayim as the very best versions of ourselves. Good Shabbos.